This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Hadas Kuznet at Road of Shalom Synagogue with Rabbi Eli Friedman, who oversees all the social justice programs here. And one of the programs that they're hosting this summer is called Breaking Bread on Broad. What is it? Breaking Bread on Broad is a free summer meal program for local neighborhood kids to come and get breakfast and lunch that they would normally be getting free at their schools during the year. So to make sure they're getting all that nutrition all summer long. But I think almost more importantly, it's really wonderful summer programming that they can enjoy here in between the meals. So they come anytime between 8 and 9 for breakfast. And then between 9 and 11, we have all sorts of activities going on based on our congregational volunteers. And then we have a nice healthy lunch for them. How many years have you been doing this and how did it come to be? Yes, this is actually the third year we've been doing it. And it actually began, I guess, already almost five years ago with a farmer's market, actually, that we held in the neighborhood. We had some donors who were interested in giving money for the congregation to do some social justice efforts in the neighborhood and specifically around food. And so for three years, partnering with the Food Trust, we had a subsidized farmer's market. And that was sort of our neighborhood initiative to think about healthy food in the neighborhood. Unfortunately, the farmer's market wasn't really viable because there wasn't enough traffic and the farmers couldn't really make ends meet. So we discontinued that. But the donors still wanted to give money and we still wanted to do work in the neighborhood to think about healthy eating and nutrition and really lifting up this neighborhood around North Broad Street. And so we came up with this idea of becoming a summer meal site. We partner with the Archdiocese of Greater Philadelphia who provide the meals for us. And we partner with all sorts of local organizations and volunteers who bring in great activities. What have you learned about hunger in the neighborhood through the program? It's amazing. I mean, one of the schools right near us, the Spring Garden School, almost every single kid of that school has free breakfast and lunch. Unfortunately, people think about hunger and childhood hunger in like developing countries around the world, and they forget in our very own city of Philadelphia, we have so many families that aren't making ends meet, and that we know as, you know, SNAP and other sorts of government benefits are continually being cut, that kids aren't able to get enough healthy food. And so we see ourselves as, uh, you know, one of the many places in the city. And there are sites all over greater Philadelphia where kids can get food. So if you're not in this neighborhood right around us at sort of near Broad and Spring Garden, there's plenty of other neighborhoods and there's these summer meal sites all over. How can people get information? They just go to summer meal sites? Yeah. So if you, um, there's actually, I just saw on Facebook, someone posted, if you text food, F-O-O-D to 877-877, you'll receive a message with the closest location where you can get free summer meals. And it's anyone under the age of 18 is eligible for these meals. Most places do breakfast and lunch, but some have other meals as well and absolutely free. And that applies here. If you're under the age of 18, you can get a free meal. If you are under the age of 18, you can have free breakfast and lunch here at Road of Shalom, along with some great programming as well, like art and dance and music and all sorts of fun things. No questions asked. No questions. You don't have to show any ID. You don't have to show any proof of income. You don't have to show proof of residency. You just show up. Does that ever make you think, like, if not for the synagogue and this being a site, where will, would these kids be eating or what would they be eating? Yeah, I think for many of them, they just wouldn't. And then some of them are, you know, buying a bag of chips at the, you know, local 
corner store. I've seen it. I mean, I drive, I drive through the neighborhood all the time and you see kids with, you know, a bottle of soda and a bag of chips that honestly their families can't really afford, but this is what they're getting. And it's, it's not nutrition. We know these kind of empty calories are not helping anyone. Do these kids know what they should be eating or do they just not have access to it? Are they learning something in the program too about nutrition? I think it's a real combination. I think for some of the kids, there's just not enough money. They don't have enough resources. I think for some of them, there's just not enough education or there's for no fault of their own, not enough parental over oversight necessarily. You know, if you're a, a, you know, a single family home where you have to work two jobs to make ends meet, childcare is sort of one of the last things that falls. And so um, there aren't, you know, they don't have the luxury of a parent at home, you know, being able to make, you know, waffles and pancakes and fresh fruit salad and eggs and oatmeal and all these wonderful things in the morning. And then you have, you get to the position where you're like, if I have a cucumber, what do I do with it? If I have a cucumber and a tomato and an onion, what, how do I even cut it? Exactly. And I think, you know, there's, there's not enough education around it. We also, you know, our neighborhood, there aren't a lot of great grocery stores right in this immediate vicinity. You know, a lot of these families aren't going to Whole Foods. They can't afford that. And so, a lot of their shopping is done at the corner stores, which, you know, the Food Trust and other organizations have worked hard to get some produce in there, but there's not always great access to produce. And so some of our volunteers are going to be teaching cooking. We have a great kitchen downstairs. And so, you know, in addition to the wonderful meals that the Archdiocese provides us, we also like to supplement it. The Archdiocese, you know, they have budget constraints as well. So we like to supplement it. Thankfully, we have, you know, a wonderful budget from our donors to be able to have some other fresh fresh produce and other interesting foods really to excite the kids around eating nutritious meals. It's Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And uh, we got some good ideas on the menu. I think pancakes with, with fresh fruit was a big hit last year. Julian's from Guatemala, so he's going he's gonna to make some delicious Latin food for them. Maybe we'll get some like rice and beans, a little pollo, all that good stuff. Julian Obaye is the director of Breaking Bread on Broad. So you've been doing this for the past yeah. two years. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of excited about this year because we got volunteers who are excited about participating in the program, bringing different kinds of activities to the kids from math and reading to yoga to cooking. And this year we are connected with another organization, Bebashi, and they are going to be providing us with food that we can provide to the kids so they can take home. So we are really excited that we're going to be meeting the needs of the kids in the neighborhood when it comes to hunger. So they'll get breakfast, lunch, and dinner for later. Yeah, exactly. And so, and we can choose what kind of food we want to provide for them. So it's, I mean, and the menu of the choices is big. So we are really excited about giving the chance to the kids to take food to their own houses. So that's the main actual point of doing the program is to feed them. Well, really to feed them in the physical aspect, which is providing the food. But we also want to meet their needs in the mental and, and in a spiritual way. And that's where we, the volunteers and Everybody who's involved in the program plays a big role onto how we connect with those kids and, and make those kids feel like they are being loved and taken care of and not only being fed, but that they are creating relationships. And to me, that's the most exciting thing than, than providing them with food. I think it's providing them with relationships. To me, that's the most important thing. What do you find that the kids need the most? I think that they just want someone to give them attention because a lot of their parents are doing two, three jobs. Some of them may not have a father or their mom is involved in some kind of drugs or alcohol issues or whatever. And so just having someone who gives them the time and the attention, just playing a, a game, a card game. I mean, the fact that you're actually spending time with them, I think that's the biggest thing that you can do. And you can really build some relationships with those kids and they start respecting you and start listening to you and you start kind of give them advice about how to do things in life, you know. So that's, that's exciting. Is there a hunger problem in the neighborhood? Absolutely. Uh, more than 90% of the children in the neighborhood during the school year, the state provides breakfast and lunch. So the problem for 
the kids in the neighborhood, it's summertime. There is no school, so who's going to provide them with food? And so a lot of kids have hunger during the summertime. And that's what we decided this program to provide the kids with breakfast and lunch. But then that's what we have the other things in between because then we want to meet other needs besides feeding them because feeding them is just meeting one need and they have all kinds of needs, you know, keep them sharp with their academics, with math and reading or exercising or just learning to get along with one another. I think those are things that in the future is going to make them better individuals and prepare them for real life, you know. And this program is for kids of what ages? From really, we have had from six-year-olds to 14-year-olds. But last year we had a couple of kids who were in, in high school. They were not here for too long. They, they came for a week and they say, okay, I think that's enough. But normally from eight, six to 14-year-olds, year perfect age, yeah. And what do they? What do you feel that they're like looking for? What did they enjoy doing here besides eating? Because, yes. I mean, do they come for the food, right? Yeah, absolutely. They come for the food, I think. The main thing, and a lot of the parents just want to get rid of them. <laughs> How can I have a uh, three, four hours of free time without the kids around? But I think one thing they love to do is playing games. Last year we were playing kickball and dodgeball, different kinds of dodgeballs. And every time we have free time, they wanted to go and play. Like we ate lunch and we have a half hour to clean up, and it's like play dodgeball. Well, I say if you guys help clean up, then we can play dodgeball. You know, but they want to play. They want to be involved with each other and doing different kinds of activities. But they, they really were active last year playing different kinds of games. So that's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. And then the volunteers come from the community, from the synagogue? Yeah, most of them are really for here from the synagogue. And they all have different kinds of skills and abilities. And we try to use them. You know, like one wants to come and do yoga. She's not a professional yoga instructor, but the fact that she does yoga on her own. And uh, last year we had someone volunteering from professional instructor as a dancer. And the quality of the instructing that they were doing was amazing. And some of the kids didn't want to dance. And I'm like, people pay a lot of money. To get this kind of training. So if you want to use your phone later on for the half hour that we get to play with the phone, I said, you have to dance. So there are all of them are dancing. <laughs> and it's funny because then they start dancing and then they are having fun. And they don't realize, like I see them smile, I take pictures of them smiling and they forget that they didn't want to do it. But they just need to be pushed, you know, and, and realize, hey, this is a great thing, you know. So it's just nice to see them grow and learn new things and sometimes share and they are not used to sharing or they are not used to people actually spending time with them. And I think that's, to me, that's the biggest impact that I think we have on them, that we actually giving them quality of time, getting to know who they are, what they like or what they don't like, and we like them for that. What's the most difficult part of the program? I think sometimes it's just dealing with the different issues that they have. Last year we had a couple of difficult kids, and it kind of breaks your heart because you know that nobody's meeting those needs and taking care of them. Like if that was my child, I would be doing anything possible to take care of them. And I think at least those kids were neglected. So you try to give them love and you help them during the week. And you can see that they are learning and progressing Monday through Friday. And then you don't see them Saturday and Sunday. And Monday comes back and they are back to their attitudes and their language and their behavior. And then you start all over again and help them again. But then it's only an eight-week thing. And you say, what's going to happen with them? Someone is going to beat you up because the way you are talking. And they are like, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, and it's just sad because nobody's educated them and helping them with that. So, so that's, that's how we feel that we can make a big impact on their lives. How does food help? I think food helps because it, it helps them to think. They help them to concentrate. It gives them energy to do other things. So when kids are not being fed, they are not able to do a lot of things. They feel tired. They don't feel they have energy to do the things. And so when they are being fed, well, it's like gas in a car. If there is no gas in the car, the car doesn't move. Those kids don't have food in their stomach. It's tough for them to do what they are supposed to be doing. They may be young, and yet you're like, why, why don't you have energy? You are a 10-year-old. You, you should be full of energy. 
but they don't have energy because their stomachs are empty. So we are providing gas for them in the physical aspect, that, you know, so they can do things and think and play and create, and it makes a it makes a big difference. If not for you, where would they eat? That's the question. I don't know where they will eat. Like Rabbi Eli say, you know, some of those kids don't have much, and yet if they are not in this program, you will see them coming out of the grocery store in the morning with a bag of potato chips and a soda. And I was talking to some of them last year because they did that, and I'm like, how much do you pay for the soda? Well, that's two dollars. What about the chips? Well, a dollar eighty. So you spend almost four dollars and they are not eating anything healthy and yet they don't have much and they are spending on bad things you know so i think that's what is nice about the 11th street nurses that come with to us in here on wednesdays they volunteer they educate the kids about eating properly about exercising about doing different kinds of things on their lives so these kids are being fed but they also are being taught about what to do what would be the right thing to do and hopefully they get a chance to do that as they get older you know so let's see what happens (laughs) So the program runs through? Through August 16th, Monday through Friday. Show up. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to show any IDs. Just come. Come and eat. The food is free. And stay for the program. We have great programs, like I said, different things that really make a difference in anybody's life. And just come. Show up. Please, we are here to feed whoever comes. But not just feed them and provide them food, but to meet their mental and emotional needs if possible. So, and spiritually if it's possible to do so. And you've got some great volunteers. Absolutely. I think that's what makes the program what it is because the quality of the people who are volunteering makes the, the program, you know, people that, like someone is going to come and do yoga, someone is come and do breakfast, or someone is going to do some tile painting or something. I can't remember what they said. I mean, those are things that kids... Last year, I saw some painting that the kids were doing. is like amazing because they are able to express themselves on paper or writing or whatever. And just start seeing a different aspects of, of the kids' lives in different things that we do. So... Come, don't just come for the for the food, which is good, but also come because of the program, because the program is really what makes this summer camp spectacular. I think it's a great program. So we are thankful for the couple who donated the money and the difference that they are making on the kids' lives, because it really is making a difference, not because just of the food, but because the other stuff that they are getting for their, their own lives. So. Julian, thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.